are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? Though is wonderful and might I add, handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer, Miller Thomas. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and graphic design. For today's show, I want to be break. I want to break down the Cy Young finalists, both American League and National League. I just want to talk about that today. Give you my prediction of who I think, not just my prediction, who I think should win it, whether they do or do not. I'll tell you who I think should win it. But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks to listen to by 98% men. And 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I'll read to the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKDOWN, 20% off your next order. And don't forget to follow me on social media, Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, at LockedOnDiamondbacks on Twitter and Instagram. So go give me a follow, shoot me a message, send me a DM, do what you need to do. Now, let's get right into it. And I actually want to start with the American League and break down their Cy Young candidates. And I want to work backwards, starting with the guy who I think should be number three on this list until we get to number one and so the three finalists are Shane Bieber, Kenta Maeda, and Hyjin Ryu and I know who I think should win the Cy Young out of these three but let's still lay out the case and let's first start with Hyjin Ryu. Now this was a great free agent signing by the Blue Jays uh, a steal I mean the Dodgers just let him walk away I believe I, I think he just out right walk yeah signed as a free agent in 2019 and this guy he was a stud last season i mean he finished second in cy young voting in 2019 when he led the national league in era and this guy the last three years has been just phenomenal 197 era in 2018 only 15 starts but then it wasn't a fluke led the national league in era in 2019 and then in 2020 this season he didn't lead the american league in era but he had a 269 era 9.7 strikeouts per nine good enough to finish third on this list and ryu was a huge game changer for the blue jays this season now the blue jays uh were a playoff team, you know, they they were only four games above 500, but they looked like a team that was pretty solid throughout the year, even though they actually had a negative run differential of negative 10. The Blue Jays were still third best team in the AL East, 32 and 28, and good enough for a wild card spot. And Ryu was a big contributor to that. He was huge in that department. And Ryu's been a electric really throughout his entire career since he came in at 26 years old in 2013 he had a 3.0 flat era 192 innings pitch as a rookie 
And the next season, 3-3-8 year in his sophomore season. Only 2016 was his only down year. I think he got hurt in 2015. That's why he missed the whole season. But then, ever since that, ever since 2016, he's been electric once again. And he's been huge for the Blue Jays this season. He's helped really stabilize that rotation. And he was just electric this year. If you're a person that likes advanced metrics, then War loves Ryu, or I don't know if it loves him, but 3.0 War, that's pretty huge for a, a pitcher in this shortened season. So Ryu was a stud this year. His walks per nine was pretty good, as always, 2.3. He actually led the National League in walks per nine in 2019. So 2.3 is actually double his rate from last season. But I always say the American League has better batters, and they're a little bit tougher. Yeah, that's that's why I think the DH has been so important. Uh, that's why I think when you see National League pitchers go to American League, uh, their ERA raises a lot of times because you're against, you're going against better hitters and you're going against an extra hitter most times. Now, that didn't really change. Uh, well, they, technically, they did change, even though we got the universal DH rule this season. Ryu, it was still his first season seeing the DH consistently. So maybe that's why his ERA raised a little bit. Maybe that's why his walks raised a little bit. But he still had a phenomenal year. Now, the other guy who essentially followed in the footsteps of Ryu, not necessarily by choice, but Kenta Maeda, another former Dodger pitcher who just... Another electric guy that they got who... I guess they just had such a surplus of pitchers. Like, how did they, how are the Dodgers able to win the World Series unloading two guys who finished top three in Cy Young voting in the American League? That's actually insane to think about. Maeda, if you remember, he was a part of the Mookie Betts trade. It was kind of like a three-team deal, but I think eventually the Dodgers just worked out their own deal with the Twins that end up setting, uh, sending Maeda to the Twins. And it's worked out so far. This was the best season of Maeda career now we've seen Maeda be really good before it wasn't like he's been atrocious or anything in 2019 he had a 404 error rate so not you know nothing that jumps off the bat but he had some very other he had some other peripheral numbers that backed up his case that he could be better his whip was 1.074 last year his FIP his FIP was still kind of high but strikeouts per nine was 9.9 he had some other good counting stats and as a rookie he had a 348 ERA 2018 he had 381 ERA so pre much every other year he's gone back and forth between above four in or above four era and below four era ever since his rookie season being the first year he started with the below four era and then this season would have been the even year where he has a below four era and actually dipped all the way to below three in 2020 yes again it's only a shortened season so it was only 60 games he only made 11 starts but the reason why i have him second is it was a tough call over Ryu. He had a 2.7 ERA. Ryu had a 2.69 ERA. But where it came down for me, Maeda led the American League in whip, a .75 whip. This guy wasn't giving up a lot of hits. Ryu's hits per nine was still 8.1, while Maeda's was 5.4. So Maeda was a little bit safer of an option. His strikeouts per nine was at 10.8 compared to Ryu's 9.7. So he was striking out a few more dudes as well. And his walks per nine was only at 1.4 compared to 2.3. So he was allowing less hits, 
less walks and striking out a, a few more. It was deadly close. It was definitely tough to decide. It was a toss-up between those two. But I think I'm going to have to give it to Maeda in that situation. So that just leaves one pitcher left. Shane Bieber, and this guy, I don't even think it was a question, was the best pitcher in the regular season of the American League. Now, the postseason was a little bit different. This guy didn't have the best postseason. Uh, he was destroyed by the Yankees in his wild card start. 4.2 innings pitch, 7 earned runs, 2 home runs allowed. The man was destroyed, but let's not remember, this is a regular season award, and no one was better in the regular season than Shane Bieber. I mean, he should absolutely sweep this award because he swept the American League uh, triple crown for the Cy Young. He won the pitching triple crown, led the American League in wins with eight, ERA with a 1-6-3, and strikeout with a 1-2-2. So 122 strikeouts. So he did everything you want. He also led the American League in ERA plus with 281, fit with 207, and hits per nine with 5.4, and strikeouts per nine at 14.2. So no guy was better at striking out people, not giving up hits, barely walking anyone, and just being overall dominant. That was Shane Bieber all season. I had him in fantasy. Someone, uh, I, no, actually, I didn't have him in fantasy. I lied. I had another uh, Zach Plesak in fantasy, another Indians pitcher. But Shane Bieber, this guy's a stud. Third year in the league. He was already an all-star in 2019. But now guys are definitely going to be in on Shane Bieber for next season. We've seen the stuff now. This guy, back-to-back -back seasons, has been electric. And the ceiling is only getting higher for Shane Bieber. It seems like maybe not another level he could go to. It seems like he could maintain this level consistently for at least quite some time. So I'm very excited for Shane Bieber's future. And he's definitely my Cy Young Award. My Cy Young Award winner in 2020. Now I'll tell you who should win the Cy Young Award in the National League. But first, I want to tell you guys about BuiltBar.com because these things are back. They're more improved and they're more delicious than ever before. Now, Built Bar is not a candy bar. Even though it tastes like a candy bar, it's actually a protein bar. They come in 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Their bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're both soft and easy to chew. Now, the reason why I love Built Bars is because they're healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy like me because they help me lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com right now because they reset their promo code for this relaunch. You get a free cooler purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it and let's talk about the National League Cy Young Award candidates. Let me close out my tabs. I talked about the American League. Let's just focus in on the National League. This is another one. This was a closer race for me in terms of the top two. For the American League, I knew who number one was, but for number two and number three, that was a lot tougher for me to decide. And this one, I know who number three is, but number one and number two were a lot closer for me to decide. But as always, let's start with number three. And that is Jacob deGrom. And for a reference, the three Cy Young finalists 
or Jake. You know what? No, no, no. I'm not even going to tell you. Let you, if you haven't heard it already, we'll leave it a mystery. So Jacob deGrom is number three in Cy Young voting this season. And again, it was another season where, you know, the Mets, they sucked. Okay. The Mets weren't very good. They're 26 and 34, nine games back of the NL division winner, Atlanta Braves, a negative 22 run differential. But Jacob deGrom is the Mike Trout of pitchers. It doesn't matter what kind of team he's on because it is not his fault. I agree more with that with uh, deGrom than Mike Trout, uh, just because uh, deGrom is literally going out there and pitching perfect games and losing. So, I'll give him more slack than I give Mike Trout, but Jacob DeGrom, another phenomenal season by the NL pitcher, 2-3-8 year rate, even lower than his season last year when he, when he did win the Cy Young in the National League, but this was a shortened season, as I always say, so numbers, some people have lower year rates than a 2-3-8, but Led the National League in strikeouts with 104. Led the National League in strikeouts per nine with 13.8. A whip below one. I mean, what else can you want from this guy? Walks per nine, 2.4. Everything you want from this guy just screams awesomeness. 2.6 war. This guy was just a stud once again. And it's sad to see him never in the postseason. Would love to see what he could do on a big stage. I mean, he's not that young stud anymore. He's going to be entering his age 33 season. So... Time is going to start running out on Jacob DeGrom pretty soon if he wants to have a memorable career and legacy. Otherwise, he'll just be a great regular season pitcher that can never win double-digit games. I mean, that's a little over-exaggerated. He's won double-digit games in 2019 and 2018. But still, I think he wants a better win-loss record than 10-9. and So we'll see if Jacob DeGrom stays long-term with the Mets. I mean, let me see if I can find his contract really quick i mean he's locked up with the mets through 2024 making over 30 million a year so i I can't see why he would leave unless i mean he can't leave he's locked up but unless i can't see why the mets would trade a superstar like him as box office as he is maybe if he demands a trade but right now it seems like Degrom is staying with the mets and right now he's third on my cy young voting now that leaves two pitchers left and I'll tell you who they are. You Darvish and Trevor Bauer. And this one was close. I mean, you could really go either way on this one. You Darvish led the National League with wins. He had eight. Led the National League in FIP 2.23. Was, was really phenomenal. 11 strikeouts per nine, which is super duper high. That's just ridiculous. Uh, his hits per nine was a little bit higher, seven flat, but walks per nine, only 1.7, so a lead in that area. Barely gave up any home runs, only five on the season, 12 starts, 76 innings pitched, so he definitely had a lot on his arm. He pitched uh, a lot of into, you know, very deep into games this season. It was really a stud all year for the Cubs and a little bit of a rejuvenation of a season after it looked like he was going to be a pitcher in the decline. You know, the last couple years hasn't been as a electric for you darvish he had a 398 era last season a 495 era 495 era the year before that but this season 201 era he was back he looked different he looked fresh again he looked dominant again and this was a you darvish that we saw you know back in 2013 when he finished second in cy young voting so this was the real you darvish and in the postseason uh it translated as well. He didn't falter in the postseason. He only gave up two earned runs over six and two-thirds innings. Now, granted, they lost to Miami in his start, but I still think he had a great season. Uh, you know, a, a great season. Again, I'll say it. <laughs> but uh, 
even though it was a great season, I think it was a season good enough for a second because my Cy Young winner in the National League was Trevor Bauer, and I don't think, I think it was very close, but I think it was still definitive for me. Led the National League in ERA, 173. Led the National League in complete games and shutouts with two. Uh, led the National League in ERA plus with 276. Led the National League in whip, 0.795. Led the National League in hits per nine, 5.1. Walks point nine was only 2.1. And had a strikeouts per nine at 12.3. So even higher than you, Darvish. So most of Trevor Bauer's numbers were better than you, Darvish's. And just the way he looked out there on the mound, this was a different Trevor Bauer. We never saw this version of Trevor Bauer before. 2019, a 448 year array. And I guess we saw this back in 2018, where 2-2-1 year I mean, he finished six in Cy Young voting that season. But that seemed like a fluke. I mean, Trevor Bauer had about six seasons prior to 2018 with an ERA above four. And in 2019, he went back to an ERA above four. So now you say two of the last three seasons, he's had an ERA of 2.2 or lower. But looking at the majority of his career, his career ERA is still 3.9. And it still feels closer to being above four than below four. So uh, he's going to be a, an intriguing free agent target this season. He's definitely my Cy Young award winner, and I would definitely love to see the D-backs sign him, but I, I think there's definitely a buyer beware on him. I mean, a guy entering his 30s all of a sudden is finding his stride later in his career. Maybe that's how his career trajectory will go, but that makes me a little leery. A guy all of a sudden performed the best of his career eight years into his career, all of a sudden, you know, peaking. When we've never seen him like this before outside of one season, it does make me a little cautious, but a team like the Yankees will definitely be ready to hand him a fat contract, and he'll probably live up to it, but I think there's a little buyer's beware on Trevor Bauer. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into today's podcast. Uh, I hope everyone comes back tomorrow. We'll have more Diamondbacks discussion because this is the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Your team every day with the best Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Follow me on social media at CreatorThomas24 on Twitter and at Lockdown Diamondbacks on Twitter and Instagram. As always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!